So we're going to be doing uh, essentially a three-week series here starting today uh, and working our way for the next two weeks towards uh, May 5th, which is our Celebration Sunday. And so over the next three weeks, we're basically going to be talking about three decisions that could radically change your life. So we've called the sermon series, Your Call, Three Choices That Will Radically Change Your Life. It's pretty self-explanatory. Today we're going to talk really about the foundation of what it means to be a Christian. Uh, Next week we'll be talking about purpose, about really what God calls us into and the opportunity to choose purpose and not apathy, right? To not let the apathy win in our lives, but to choose something that God is calling us into, his mission. And then the third week, we'll be talking about community, how we don't want to make the choice of isolation, but we're called to choose to be in community. And it can be very difficult sometimes to be in community, right? Uh, sometimes God's people make it hard to follow God, right? And so we're going to talk about that in, in three weeks from now. And so we'd love to have you back. Uh, for the next three weeks. I mean, especially if you're new uh, to church or back to church, maybe you haven't been in a while, like give it three weeks. Like see how this feels in a rhythm of getting to know people and of listening to God's word on a regular basis and of worshiping together. The, the opportunity to give it some time and to really feel your way around joining a church or being part of a church is really helpful. And so we're going to give you three conversations that will be built around ideas that will help you um, and this, this, uh, this, this idea, this series kind of came out of some tough conversations that I've been having with people. Um, just personally, I, I get to, you know, speak to a lot of people and I get to be part of their lives. And I get to hear their stories. Um, when we launched this church six months ago, we had 85 people that joined the church before we even launched. And I got to sat down, sit down and listen to 85 people's stories. Over the like, last six months, we've now added probably like another 50, 60 people. And I've gotten to sit down with a lot of those people and listen to their stories. And what I can tell you is there's a common theme that I'm seeing between almost all of these people. There's some habit, hang up, uh, some issue that they're dealing with, some problem that they have where they're kind of working through it and trying to figure out if they fit in a church. I think everybody feels that way. <laughs> Don't feel like you're the only one who thinks that you don't fit in a church. Don't feel like you're the only one that fights the apathy about getting up in the morning on a Sunday and coming and being part of something. Don't feel like you're the only person that feels like sometimes you're the, the, one, the, the, the one who doesn't fit in the room. Everyone else seems to have it together, but you're the one that's, that doesn't have it together. This church is a place that was created to uh, make room for people like that. We say that we're an imperfect church for imperfect people. I guarantee you, the more you get to know the people around you, the more you're going to be like, I'm feeling pretty good about my life. Uh, <laughs> that guy's really messed up, and they got real problems over here. I'm like, all right, man, my stuff feels not so, so bad. Um, and honestly, our church is really, really built on that idea, the idea that we can be real, we can really share what's going on in our lives, that you don't have to put on a face when you show up here, that you don't have to act like you have it all together. In fact, we're honestly going to be uncomfortable with you if you do that. You probably won't fit very well. Uh, and so we would love to have you back for three weeks. We'd love to, you know, help you find a place to be connected. And so some of those conversations that, that kind of led to this um, were specific. Like I, I have a friend, you know, uh, who essentially told me, um, I, I can't even pray anymore. I don't want to be part of a church. Uh, you know, I was part of a church and it went really terribly. And now I don't necessarily trust Jesus, right? I've heard, heard those conversations. I have another friend who's, who's like, yeah, I like the idea of Jesus, but I can't wrap my head around the miracles and around the, the spiritual nature of it. I like the idea of a community. I like the idea of, of knowledge, 
but I'm not necessarily sure that I want to accept a virgin birth, that I want to accept a, a, a risen Savior, that I want to accept someone who did miracles, and so somebody who's struggling kind of with, with God's Word and understanding, you know, how to process all of that in a, in a realm where they uh, really value science. That was a, a really a hard conversation I had with someone where it was like, yeah, these two things don't need to go against each other. In fact, let's, let's break that dichotomy and have a conversation about how do we you know, function in a scientific world and then also know Jesus. Um, I had conversations with people. I have a friend who, uh, who honestly has been through the ringer and can't fathom the idea of being part of a, a community of people because of the problem of pain in the world. Right? Just have gone through enough things, enough times to say, is God really there? Does he really care? Is he really good? I want you to know that all of those things are really real issues that people have. And maybe your issue that you have with the church or your issue that you have with Jesus or with God is essentially one of those or something different. But I want you to know this is a place where you can kind of process some of that stuff. Like we don't shy away from those conversations. We lean into them. Right? We, don't, we don't tell people to be quiet. We don't, we don't want to hear what you have to say. We, we kind of pull that stuff out and talk about it. We want to make sure that people are open and honest and real and can process some of the stuff that's going on in their lives. That's the core of why we started this church. It's one of the most important things to us. There are a lot of things important to us. Obviously, you've seen our value of worship, our value uh, of God's word, but our value of authenticity and of community is probably the most important thing to this church. And so we want to invite you into it. So make a, make a, a decision to be with us for the next three weeks. Um, give it a shot. See where it goes. Today's conversation or decision that you, you need to make is really around the idea of who Christ is in your life. And we kind of prepped it a little bit last week. In fact, I'd, if you haven't been in our church before, I'd say go back and listen to last week's sermon. It might be really interesting. On our website, there's a button that says sermons. You can go ahead. We are also have podcasts out there on uh, iTunes. So if you want to kind of check on that, there's video and audio in our feed. You can go look or, or, or listen. Um, we kind of talked about the importance of who Jesus was. And today, I want to just kind of stop and say, we can't really have a conversation until we talk about the base that all of this sits on. Our decision to either follow Jesus or not really is what we build from, okay? It's the most important thing. So the, the, the fact of whether we've made an intentional choice to follow Jesus or haven't is the thing that really all these other conversations are going to be built on. And when we talk about the Bible and about God, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you're welcome to be here. You can be here as long as you want. You can check things out. You can ask questions. You can process your faith. But at some point in our, in our lives, there's a decision on where we step over a line of faith or we don't. Right? We can fool around with church. We can check things out. We can process. We can get to know Christians. But at some point, we have to make a choice to step over the line of faith. I was this and now I'm this. Right? Sometimes we hang out in enough churches for enough time or we're in a family that's, that are believers and we feel like we kind of catch faith. I want you to know that's not a thing. You, you can't catch faith. Um, and so it's an intentional choice. And so this morning I want to share with you the passage um, that we looked at when we named this church, Pursuit Community Church. Okay, I've talked a little bit about the community. I'm going to talk a little bit about the pursuit. So Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. Uh, this is Jesus speaking. He says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find Knock, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, for the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Right? So Jesus tells us that what we're supposed to be doing, right, the goal here as, of being a human, 
is to really understand who God is and to be actively, intentionally trying to choose to understand who God is. And sometimes it feels like God is a million miles away. It feels like he's way out there somewhere, way up there somewhere, or that it feels like we live in this world where all this stuff is real and we can put our hands on it. And then we start talking about something that is out there that we can't put our hands on and we kind of struggle with faith sometimes. But Jesus tells us that if we will be intentional about pursuing God, right, about pursuing God, that we will find him. When we ask questions, we'll find answers. When we seek we're going to find what we're looking for. When we knock on doors, those doors become open. And I think a lot of times we just sort of don't put any effort into pursuing God. We just have really busy lives. There's a lot of stuff going on. I have a, a almost eight-year-old and an almost five-year-old now. I literally just don't feel like I breathe all day. Like I, my life is so busy. There are moments like we put our kids to bed at eight, which is actually really like 8.30 and 9 and 9.15, right? Any parents in the room? And then we just collapse in exhaustion. I don't know if anyone's in that stage of life. There's a lot of kids in the other area that would say there are some parents here. Uh, I, sometimes putting intentional uh, effort into something that I really want to be doing is like really hard. I wake up, I send my kids to school, I work all day, I come home, and it's like, I'm exhausted. I, I don't know what your situation looks like, but it feels like a lot of us don't have that like valuable extra time. Now, if you are, you know, binge watching like 16 hours of something a week, then let's have a conversation about how you're using your extra time. But I feel like a lot of us are just worn out. A lot of us are just going through the motions. We're just living. And Jesus is inviting us into something that is difficult. He's saying like, if you really want to get to know me, it takes some pursuit. It takes some choice. It takes some intentionality to start asking some questions, to start reading some stuff, to start processing some stuff, to start talking with people, to let some people into your life, to have these conversations. And what do we do when we want to know something, right? What do we do when we want to know something? We ask the Googles. And I want you to know your faith is going to be terrible if you just ask the Googles. Google will give you piles and piles and piles of information that will just only confirm your bias. Essentially, you'll find the thing you already believe if you go ahead and Google it and just search what's on the internet. Right? Getting into God's word and pursuing him. Getting into some real relationships and having conversations about him. Right? Praying and asking God to be real in your life. These are things that start you down the, the road of pursuing Jesus. And I want you to know, the more that you learn about God, the more you find you know nothing. Like I have studied scripture my entire life, right? Since the time I accepted Jesus. So not my entire life. That was a mistake. 13 years old, I accepted Jesus. I read the whole Bible when I was 13 years old. I have read the whole Bible at least 10 to 15 more times since then. I've spent my whole life searching after some of these truths, and I still feel like I know nothing. Okay, you will find an answer that will lead you to another question when you start to seek God, when you start to pursue Jesus. You never get to the end of what you can learn. This is a lifelong process, and it starts with you being where you are, whatever it is that you're dealing with, going through, processing, and, and, and uh, dealing with in your life, and then to the point of becoming who God has called you to be over a long period of time. Faith looks a whole lot more like a long walk right, with Jesus than it does anything quick. Right? Sometimes we can take jumps in our faith relationship, but it's really, honestly, it's we get started and then we just 
continue to take another step and another step and another step until we've really gained some ground in our relationship with God. And if we don't pursue Jesus, if we don't pursue him, then we won't find the answers that we're looking for. And you know what's amazing about this is this idea that um, Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to pursue me. But in reality, he first pursued us. Right? The fact that we get to celebrate Easter is a chance for us to celebrate this idea that Jesus stepped into our world and lived out a perfect sinless life in front of us and then went to a cross so that we could have relationship with God, that he actually stepped in and pursued us. And now the pursuit that we give when we start to follow Jesus is in it's reciprocal. We're doing it because God first did it for us. It, it says that God died for us while we were still sinners, that he took the first step for us, that he started the conversation, and now we just need to respond if we're willing and if we want to put the effort into it. And if we want to actually turn off the Netflix and put the phone down and create some space in our, in our lives and in our schedules and actually let God speak to us, he continued on verse 9. He said, Which of you, if your son asked for bread, would give him stone? If he asked for fish, would give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good gifts to those who ask? So in everything, do unto others what you would have them do unto you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. And so Jesus basically says, I want you to understand that you can trust God. That this process of seeking out who Jesus is this is not something that you have to be afraid of this God. I think sometimes we have this idea that there's this God up there with this magnifying glass, like the little kid burning the ants, and he's just having fun with us. Like he's just in, you know, up there, and he's not necessarily good. I know a lot of us, we, we struggle to get around the, our, our hands around the idea that he's good. Well, Jesus says, look, your father is good, and he wants to give you good gifts, and he asks you to live in the same way that he has shown you how to live. That if we would just pursue him, if we would just put uh, some time and some effort and some space into our lives to allow him to kind of fill that time and fill that space, then we would get to know him, that we would find the answers that we're looking for. So in, in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is teaching all, through this, and there's actually a lot of really good stuff in there. And he, he challenges people, whether they're actually a believer or not. He calls them to a, a place of making a decision. And then he gets to the bottom, uh, the end of the, the teaching here, and it's like, it's like a whole other conversation. He gives a parable. And Jesus was amazing at teaching in parables. He would take a really difficult concept and he would apply it through a story, okay? And so he gives us this parable of the wise man who built his house on the rock and the other guy who built his house in the sand. This is what he says, verse 24. Therefore, anyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice. So in other words, anyone who does what I've just told you to do, right, who I've just explained to you, pursue Pursue God. So if you put this into practice, right, you are like someone who, a wise man who built his house on the rock. Now, I don't, I don't know about you, but I just start singing a song in my head, right? Wise man built his house upon, okay. And those of you who didn't grow up in church are like, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Jesus says, if you put these words into practice, if you obey what I'm calling you to, and you actually do it, you're like a wise man who built his house on a rock. In other words, you've, you've got a strong foundation. You've got a, uh, the ability now to withstand some difficult uh, situations in your life. And, and here's the, 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 the honest truth. As I've been a pastor now for like 15 years and 
walk through a lot of difficult things with people, there are a couple different situations that happen in people's lives in the way that they handle difficulty. Right? When a difficult moment comes, some people have a faith that they step back and rest on, that they're able to then process the pain that they're going through or the difficult moment that they're dealing with, and they have this foundation of faith in Christ that, that sort of allows them to work through whatever it is that they're going through. And it's like this incredible uh, peace that comes over them and, and it handles it, the situation. Then I think there are some people who are kind of like unsure of their faith. They're sort of in or out. They got one foot in and one foot out. And when something difficult happens to them, it kind of tears them apart. They either go one direction or the other. They either give in to some of the vices in their life and they process it through some of the things that they're struggling with or they lean into their faith, right? And then I think there are a lot of people who are well outside the faith and when something difficult comes along in their life, they essentially start to have chaos and start to have self-destruction happen in their life and, and they're processing it outside of a faith. And Jesus is saying, if you put into practice what you've heard, if you are seeking after Jesus, when difficult things happen, you'll be able to stand on your faith during those difficult moments. He says, the rain came down, the streams rose, the winds blew and beat against the house, yet it did not fall. That's the kind of faith that we're called to have, a faith that brings us through difficult moments. And notice how he says it. He doesn't say, if the rain comes. He says, when the rain comes, right? The rain comes down. The streams rise. The winds blow. That's what's going to happen in your life. Difficult things are going to happen in your life. Now, uh, when we first had our first child, we had moved out to Minnesota. My parents live in Oklahoma. My wife's parents live in Boston. Uh, I don't know anyone who, I don't recommend having children apart from your family. It's very difficult. So we were struggling hard when we had our first kid, man. We were not sleeping very well. We were, we were not really, I don't think, ready emotionally for what this was going to take. Um, and it was difficult. And you know, the thing that really got us through that time was the fact that we had a small group of people from our church that really came alongside of us. So we had this, this baby, and we're like uh, up to here. We didn't know what to do, and we're kind of losing our mind, and we can't drop them off at grandma's, right? And so then people started just taking the baby, and then people started just dropping off food. And then, you know, like we had a struggle here, a struggle there, and all of a sudden people just started stepping in and doing stuff. I honestly don't know how people live when they don't have a community of people around them, when they don't have a strong faith that they can rest on, I don't know how people process the things in their lives without a church around you stepping into, speaking into, and helping you when things are difficult. And sometimes we don't want to accept that because of our own pride. But Jesus is saying, if you build your faith on a relationship with me and with the church, that when those difficult moments come, when the streams rise, when the winds blow, it doesn't fail. Things don't fail. Because my people are with you, my church is with you, and I am with you. Verse 26, but everyone who hears these words of mine does not put them into practice like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. In the one story, the house stands and does not fall. In the other story, the house comes down with a great crash. Sometimes we think that that great crash is just our lives, but in fact, it's, there is a, uh, we, we create chaos for everyone around us that's connected to us. 
In fact, the one thing that I would say is probably the biggest problem that I'm running into with people is that they have chaotic trauma in their life that they've never dealt with or given to Jesus or processed. God calls us to have a relationship with him and to process those difficult moments in our relationship with him. So I, uh, I've been encouraged this year by two people who I think have been struggling with some very difficult stuff. And so I asked them to share about what faith looks like as they are going through some things that they are going through. And so I, I want to share with you their story, their testimony. And uh, I just want to warn you, if, if, uh, if cancer is a thing that really hits home for you, they're going to talk about their faith as they are processing cancer in their lives. Uh, and so I really hope that this, this uh, testimony will help you see what it looks like to have a faith that sustains you through difficult moments, okay? So take a look at this, this video. Uh, my name's Dennis Boschetti. I've uh, been part of Pursuit for six months. Love it. <laughs> my name's Janie Hitston, and we've been coming to Pursuit since we've been able, about <laughs> six months. Well, I was uh, diagnosed beginning of December with uh, stage four prostate cancer, and I'm uh, doing chemotherapy. I was diagnosed in October, October 1st, with triple negative breast cancer. Um, they didn't give me a stage, but between two or three, and it was very aggressive. Um, I was pregnant at the time with our third child. I was 34 weeks pregnant, and two weeks later, at 36 weeks, I was induced. I had the baby, his name was Zeke, and then uh, two or three days later, I can't remember, I started chemo. When they finished the last chemo treatment, that I know to stop treatment is incurable um, by man's standards. I am technically cancer-free. Um, after, after chemo was done, I had surgery, and they were able to remove everything that was left. And then the radiation should be able to pick up any little tidbits. You know, my PSA was out of sight, and uh, my, uh, everything was pointing towards stage four. I left the doctor that day, you know, I kind of teared up a little bit at the doctor's office and when I went home to tell Cheryl and I told her, you know, I cried, you know, I mean, you hear the initial things and it brings some, you know, emotions, but, but, uh, God's been good, his people have been good. Um, it was scary and I was nervous for the baby and what that meant for my pregnancy, but Overall, I just felt a lot of peace. Like, I knew that no matter what was gonna happen, like, I was gonna be okay in the eternal perspective. And that it was gonna be fine. Like, whatever that meant for my family and for my kids, it was gonna be okay. I was telling somebody this morning that, that uh, you know, I've, I've even been able to thank God for the cancer, you know, because I know he's going to receive glory from it. And uh, I really feel privileged to be part of something that's giving God glory. When things are hard, it's a whole lot easier to lean on God than when things are easy. It's almost a blessing in a weird way to be able to be that much more dependent on God and not get caught up in how easy life could be and how busy we make it and it's yeah when you're struggling physically it's kind of a constant everyday 
okay, God, help me do this. Help me make my kids lunch. Help me, you know, like get through each moment. And it's just a, a constant dependence. And you know, like you're there and he's with you. And even though it sucks, it's really great. I'm thankful that I know Jesus Christ, you know, and I'm thankful that I can count on him walking through this with me. You know, it's, it's, I can't imagine doing it without him. I would say that when things are really not fun and when life really sucks, um, that's not a time to be questioning God and to run away from him. That's a time to be seeking God. In the middle of chemo, there were definitely times where it wasn't feeling that way at all. Like it hasn't been this like merry-go-round ride of awesomeness, you know? <laughs> Yeah, to be angry isn't going to help your situation. It's unexplainable the amount of peace that God can give you yeah. when you accept things and when you say, okay, God, you're bigger than this and you can heal me of it. You can help the doctors get take care of it the best they can. You could you can take me from this world and I'll be free of it. And, and all of those situations, God is good. God, I just thank you so much for Dennis and for... The amazing Lord, I, testimony I that thank you for you have Jane been able and, uh, to bring out because of him and his story. Thank you for what she's going through. I just through, pray for Lord, him and, and his family it, and that they can have this peace to with naturalize you. Always it, it, have... Yeah, I got to watch them pray over each other at the end of that. Pretty intense. I, I want you to know that um, Jesus is God's plan A. And when we struggle with things, when we go through things, I mean, Jesus tells us the rain will come, the streams will rise, right? That the, that the wind will beat against the house. And the question is, if you've put your faith in Christ and you're able to rely on it in those moments, or the question is whether your house will crash during those difficult times. Like the choice of following Jesus is an intentional choice to begin a life of pursuing him for your entire life. That yes, you take a first step of faith over a line to say, I am in with Christ. I am now transferring my faith in myself to my faith now is going to be in Jesus. And I want Christ to be the plan A, the way that God redeems and, and fixes and changes and brings us through life is through Christ. So I want you to think about for a second whatever struggle it is that you are dealing with. Whatever... Uh, you know, storm, whatever stream, whatever wind is banging against your house. I want you to think about that for a second for yourself. I want you to visualize that. What's the thing that you're struggling with in your own life? I want you to know that inviting Jesus into that thing is God's plan for that. His plan A is Jesus. Right? Jesus stepped into our world and went to the cross so that we could have freedom from some of the things that we deal with, so that we could get past some of the things that we deal with, so that we could find new life where we only have ourselves. And he invites us into that choice. He says, look, it's your call. I'm not going to push this on you. I'm not going to force myself into your world, but I want you to understand with me, you don't fail. And without me, everything comes crashing down. That this is the choice that you get to make. That Jesus was God's plan, plan A. So I want to finish our service here just by praying over you. So would you stand?